0: this is the blaze radio on demand the founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent and they were all talking a great game and this guy who was selling his house the founder of this this company he's you know he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know should get the best treatment and he said to his wife if this is what it's like for us, There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com.
1: I suppose I just have to accept I live in a world in which Prince's death is trending, but Queen Elizabeth's birthday is not. Go figure. Excelsior. Excelsior. My radio family, my broadcast partners, my friends. I am Jay Severin. We are together. The Blaze Radio Network, one triple eight nine hundred three 888 900 3393 one 900 3393 And yes, today it is Prince wall-to-wall. It is all Prince all the time. Uh, there is an asterisk there next to Prince. And here it is. I mean, Prince Charles. I mean, Prince Harry. I mean, before I'm going to talk about prints, I'm going to talk about fingerprints and how they are made. Look, this is a story. You. It's up to you. If, will I receive phone calls for two hours um, mocking me for belittling? I'm not belittling but for making little of a prince's passing. And if you haven't heard, if you're actually hearing this from me for the first time, I have some sad, for some, news. That is the formerly living artist, formerly known as a symbol that looks freakishly like the insignia for the euro, also formerly known as the female Madonna also formally known as uh, the name of a popular boxed spaghetti Uh, also formally. And originally I suspect known as yet someone else is now formally living, which is the way the times of London might announce that, that, uh, that, that uh, this particular Prince and the times of London is concerned with real princes. So they, they may not cover this quite as prominently as, as we do here. Fox news has gone Walt. I, I, Fox news knows something. I don't know. And they know that their audience is actually 12 years old because they're, they're going wall to wall with Prince's passing. Hey, this is a story uh, definitely across the generational spectrum, even though it's about a musician, and I don't deny him that. He was a lot of things that didn't particularly attract me, including mostly his music, but that does not stop me for a moment as a musician in recognizing that he was a wicked, talented musician. But today, quick, when I say to you, Prince, Prince, what do you say? Do you say Prince Spaghetti? I say say Prince Charles. But a lot of other people say something uh, very different. Authorities have announced there are no suspicions surrounding his death. First of all, when they say there's no foul play, which they have said, that means no murder. Foul play, okay, no murder. Uh, As to whether it was a natural or unnatural death, that comes later. And you don't pay me to take any news on its face. So there will be some that harbor suspicions that the type of influenza to which uh, the artist formerly known as the insignia that looks freakishly like the Euro symbol, uh, had or succumbed to a kind of influenza which is is rampant in the music and show business industry. But only some people will say that. Fox News is betting on it. They have just a, a line of doctors all day telling us, you know, explaining pneumonia induced or influence induced pneumonia and everything else. Look, it's, it's sad when anybody dies and this is clearly a special person. I don't think, I mean, certainly not as special as extra ordinarily special to me as, as to some of us, clearly I would tell you this. Uh, if you can name, if you consider yourself particularly aggrieved by this passing, if you're a big fan, prove it. Can you name, you know, without going on, you know, I I, I really don't like the era of Google. It, it still yet has occurred to me for the first time ever to Google anything. I don't like that. And And maybe I don't like it because the body of knowledge I've spent a lifetime acquiring. Anybody else can clearly, at least for a word or two, acquire by, uh, you know, looking it up on Google. And, and, and so, yeah, I feel protective of, uh, of that. But look, if you can name, it seems to me this, if you could name how many full-length albums Prince has produced and released in the last five years, then I'll know this is a very important matter to you. And don't assume anything. You know that on our this, our show. Don't assume anything. Uh, all right, and uh, one... Triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. That number number will be rooted directly through the Minnesota uh switchboard here to the Blaze Radio Network. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three and via Twitter at J A Y underscore severin. Formerly known as James, formerly known as the radio artist formerly known as James. Uh 888 one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. If I'm making too big or little a deal out of this, you'll you'll let me know. The switchboards are open. Operators are standing by. Nextly well firstly I think uh from a grateful former subject from a grateful former colonial and your very distant cousin as are we all really your majesty happy birthday the world's longest-serving hereditary monarch Queen Elizabeth is 90 years old today Queen of the United Kingdom Queen of England Sovereign of the British Commonwealth, Huzzah, Huzzah, Huzzah! And I mean it. uh also, hey, it's your money, but so long as we're going to be changing it, why not? And I have no other than pandering during an election year, which of course, is what this is all about. I would much rather they, we, would have honored Harriet Tubman in a slightly different time. Not necessarily a different way, but in a slightly different time, such that it did not so transparently be the election year pandering to certain special interests groups, which it so transparently is. But... Heck, it's our money. So, okay, if we're changing the 20 to uh, to reflect uh, Harriet Tubman, who was a beyond courageous civil rights pioneer, why stop there? Why not Hillary Tubb on a new $3 bill? with her first ever elected president of the United States ever to be impeached husband bill on the other side that works right i mean i mean hypothetical if you if you took a poll among millennials sorry you know no offense but if you took a poll among most millennials with the question you know ought we remove from the $100 bill benjamin franklin and replace him with Prince now? I think the number one answer would be... Benjamin who? This
2: is Jay Severin. Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network.
0: The founder of this company... Ten years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent. And they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this uh, this company, he's you know, he's kind of an important guy and, kind you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us There's got to be a better way. There is real estate agents. I trust.com.
2: Jay Severin on the Place Radio Network.
1: For she's a go- jolly good majesty for she's a jolly good majesty and that none of us can deny. And so say all of us, and so say all of us, for she's a jolly good majesty. And I think she is. Um, Okay. The big news as we generally discuss it here on this show is that approximately 40 minutes ago, the Standing Rules Committee of the Republican National Committee convened, or was scheduled to. Now, Prince Priebus is, I'm told, behind locked doors, uh, endeavoring to decide whether he has to give up his name, you know, out of respect. So we don't know. If he, where the heck is my, uh... okay, because we don't know if he can be called, you know, fairly prince anymore. But we'll get on to that. Um, The chairman of the RNC announced last night that, get this, we will make, we the party, will make no major changes to the rules prior to the convention prior to the start of the convention. I'll read that again to you. Chairman of the RNC insists we will make... No, no, you know what? I, I'm actually... I, I really screwed that up. Uh, let me try again. Withdraw and rephrase, if I may. Mr. Chairman. The chairman of the RNC says, I have recommended to the Rules Committee that they make no major changes prior to the start of the convention. Now, my advice to all of us is hear that, read that to the best of our ability as a lawyer would. There is so much room in that, that reason can roll around like a BB in a boxcar inside that quote. The RNC chairman claims he has recommended to the committee that they make no major changes prior to the start of the convention. Now, there there is what that sounds like to the layman's ear, and then there is what it could mean, including by the layman's ear. Here's what it could mean. We're going to change, radically change, major rules... We're going to do it here, but we're not actually going to vote on it. We're going to discuss the major, the radically major rule changes we're going to make in the way the Republican convention is run. And we're going to do so in a manner such that serves our interests as a party, which is perfectly understandable. I'm not saying it's right, good, sexy, beautiful uh, or anything else. I'm just saying it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? So we're going to make, make, we're going to agree in advance on the radically major rule changes we're going to make. And we're going to make them five minutes before the gavel comes down on the convention. But we're just not going to announce it until then. We're not going to formally vote on it. We're going to rush 47 people into a ballroom at the hotel, seal the doors. And say, all in favor? All opposed. Motion carries. Thanks. You can go back now. And the rules will all be changed. Now, I'm not telling you that's what they're going to do. I am. I am saying that that's what they could easily do. And if you brought up later, if we brought up this statement, they wouldn't have a thing for which to apologize. What, what Priebus said this afternoon, I have recommended to the Rules Committee, they make no major changes prior to the start of the convention. Do you know how much room that leaves him? Only between A and Z. He can do anything. They can do anything. And I have a, look, I want to toss this up for your consideration. I've heard from a couple of people who uh, that I see, you know, in my uh, life that say to me, you know, I heard you say yesterday and I've heard you say before, there are no rules. Well, that's not true. There are rules. You just don't know what the rules will be. The opening day of the convention. Or what they'll be during the convention because no, no one says they can only change the rules once. You realize, of course, they could change the rules 10 times in eight minutes. There's no one to tell them they can't do that. And if they are willing to take the gamble of being seen in, think of everything Donald Trump has complained about. If you wanted it all to be true, and in the worst possible way, the most hideous, hideous, grotesque, gruesome manner go ahead because it could be that way if they decide to do it they could there is nothing so gruesome they haven't thought about it uh or considered doing it and and nothing stopping them from doing it so the question is how far are they going to go and that's the one thing we don't know which pains me greatly because i am accustomed to knowing before anybody else what's going to happen Certainly, with politics, and I don't know here in advance what's going to happen, and it causes me personal angst, and it makes me think I am failing you, because I know you are here to know the right thing, the true thing, and to know it first, and I, I'm about to get, I'm about to get uh, humble over the next few months, because I, I, there are a lot of, as I said a couple weeks ago, but the one of the few predictions I'm going to be making fewer and fewer predictions because I'm going to be able to make fewer and fewer correct ones for a period here during leading up to, and during the convention. And, and here's one of the few I can still make. I said about three weeks ago, I'm not going to be able to make many predictions when it comes to the convention, because the people who will make these decisions are making them private and they're keeping them private unless maybe they're leaking them to mislead the media and all i can do is use the contacts i have to try and find out what is boo jive and what is baloney and what is rules we don't know yet we don't know what they're going to do but I throw this up because I think it's I honestly want to know if you have a criticism to offer or a question to ask. I say I am among we who say don't talk about the rules. There are no rules. I contend right now there are no rules. There isn't one rule governing the conduct of this Republican convention upcoming. Not one rule exists. Other people say, sure, there are. It's just a matter of readopting them. Who's right?
2: Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. show only on the blaze radio network
1: so partners on the blaze radio network one 888 3393 the only reason i raise this stuff and i i struggle with this every day i honestly do i don't know how technical to get here and it's not like i could get worlds more technical than i am i, I, I couldn't but i don't even know if you know my job is to entertain you let me entertain you As I strip, you know, and I don't know if that does it as much as it used to. But in stripping, let me say, I don't know how much to strip. And I don't know how much people care about the rules and the convention and all that stuff. And I, you know, I I bore you. So the rules of the convention, no one has cared about in like a million years because it hasn't happened. And so I just find it, I admit, it's a fairly arcane question. I'll return to it for just a second are those of us correct who say there are no rules and i would i i still would assert to you yes uh i i i certainly welcome and entertain other opinions on the matter but those of us who say right now what is the accurate assessment of the rules at the upcoming Republican convention, which will, after all, determine how soon Hillary Clinton becomes president. No, no, Well, I'm sorry, that date is set. It will determine by what margin Hillary Clinton is president of the United States and drives our country into a shite ditch. Ditch with a D, like dog how soon will Hillary become president will be determined by the rules. No, I'm sorry. I just corrected that. By what margin will Hillary become president and ruin our country forever? That's what the rules of the convention determine. So I figure they could be, might be, are be of interest to you. And those of us who say there are no rules, I think are correct. Because I think... Any lawyer would say to you who doesn't know politics or anything else or know anything else about this argument on either side would would read the facts and say, as I read this, or judge, as I read this, the rules of the committee are designed by the committee for the exclusive use of the committee. And in the end, no matter what I, the judge, says, it's the committee who determines whether there are any rules. And inherent in that determination, in that authority, is, is the power to make them, not make them, adopt them, not re-adopt them. And the fact is, they are designed specifically to vaporize, to disappear, once the gavel comes down, adjourning the previous convention. It's in there, look it up. When the when the gavel came down, bop bop and ended the last convention, all of the rules ceased to exist. Now it could be, might be, might will be, that all of the rules as they existed at that moment will re exist. But they must be readopted, because right now they don't exist. They're done, they're dead, they're gone. Open up the page. Okay. I had you a book, rules of the 19 of the 2016 Republican National Convention. First page blank, second page blank, third page blank, blank, blank. There are no rules until those rules are adopted or readopted or created. By the way, Republicans presumably have finally grown aware that they are going to later need Trump supporters. Both of you Trump supporters out there, Republicans have finally become aware of, to them, the painful realization that they're going to need you. Now, they are not, according to a Fox report today, from someone who is at the meetings and claims to know He says the insiders, the rule makers, the party bosses, are not saying privately, well, I'm going to tell you who this is. It's been on, been on the air. It's not like some secret. It's former McCain, John McCain manager, campaign manager, Steve Schmidt. And he says all of these big bosses are not saying publicly what they're saying privately. What they're saying privately is that it's a foregone conclusion in their minds. Like they don't even have to discuss it. It's a foregone conclusion from day one that Donald Trump is unfit to be president of the United States in virtually every conceivable way. He not only said temperamentally, he also said psychologically, policy-wise, every, every IQ, every conceivable way Donald Trump is unfit to be president of the United States. I thoroughly agree. I thoroughly concur and have since, officially, since June 16th which I believe is officially when Donald Trump announced. Now, Jay, how can you say that? Didn't we hear you say many times that you'll vote for the nominee of the party? And isn't there a pretty good, less than other people think, but isn't there a pretty good chance that the nominee of the party is going to be Donald Trump? Yes, There is a pretty good chance that's going to happen. I wouldn't call it pretty, but there's a good chance that Trump is going to be the nominee. How do I reconcile that? It's not, I mean, it's tremendously difficult to do, but it's not tremendously difficult to reconcile. I mean, and it is, I have a bumper sticker. You have a bumper sticker. I know what mine says. You have one, you know what yours says. Mine says no Democrat. Mine says my whole life I vote for the nominee of my party. I vote for the conservative who is most electable. I vote for the conservative who can win. Now, Donald Trump may or may not be conservative. I suspect very strongly he's not. But I know that a grotesque communist is on the other side. I will not give the fat, grotesque communist my vote by staying home. I will not give the fat, grotesque communist my vote by even ever conceivably voting for her. And that leaves one option. Will I vote for the nominee of my party? Yeah, I will. And even though I'm not a Republican as currently constituted, the Queen's birthday actually made me think about this today, believe it or not. Not Queen, but the Queen. You know, Queen of England. Not Freddie Mercury, but Queen Elizabeth. Okay. And that is think of the word Republican. Where does that come from? Republican, where does that come from? Do you know the enemies or the adversaries of Queen Elizabeth all over the world? The adversaries of the Commonwealth of Great Britain, of the United Kingdom of the Commonwealth of Great Britain, Jamaica, Fiji, New Zealand, Canada. Think of all the countries that are part of the Commonwealth of the United Kingdom, of which Queen Elizabeth is the sovereign, the monarch. They are independent nations, but they are part of a commonwealth with a common monarch, sovereign, Queen Elizabeth. And when I think about that, and I look at Barack Obama, and I look at Hillary Clinton, I I tell you, this year, her hereditary monarchy has never looked so good to me As it does now. Democracy has never looked so flawed as it does now. But the adversary of Queen Elizabeth all over the world are people who call themselves Republicans. Why? They wish their country to be a republic. The most recent example of which is Jamaica. Jamaica has very friendly relationships with Mother England, but They don't just want to be an independent member of the Commonwealth. They want complete divorce. They want complete independence, it is said. Well, they're called Republicans. So when they sit down to argue this, they say, are you a monarchist or are you a Republican? Now, what does it mean to be one or the other? Obviously, we know what it means to be a monarchist. What does it mean to be a Republican? It means you wish your country to be a republic. That's what we are. We are Republicans. even, Even the slug Democrats who crawl on their bellies in the slime in this country, they are Republicans whether or not they like it and they despise it, but they are. They are Republicans because they are citizens of the United States of America. And if you are a citizen of the United States of America... I'm not talking about political party. You are a Republican because you are a citizen in a country which is a constitutional republic, i.e., what are you? You're a Republican. J7 on the Blaze Radio
2: Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: And these are my partners, Mark from Ohio. Thank you for your patience and welcome. You doing? Mark. Let's well, talk. Thank you. sorry about that. Hey, not, not you know,
3: Jay, we're doomed. We are doomed. You, you know, know, what's funny. The
1: next morning. line in my notes was a report from Fox, from an insider who's at the meetings right now, the RNC meetings. And this is the quote inside this building behind me. The RNC is freaking out for almost every reason. They're convinced they're going to lose in a landslide and they're trying to figure out how to salvage something from the bleakest outlook they have ever had at this point in an election.
3: I'm I am glad they feel that way because they are correct, sir. They are correct, sir. I got up early this morning. I couldn't sleep my my Facebook uh, timeline, which I try to keep you know, pretty conservative, so news I won't mm-hmm. read. Started out with the mass slaughter of 250 Syrians by ISIS. It then devolved to Harriet Tubman. Donald, Donald Trump and Kurt Schilling's ideas on North Carolina bathroom laws. And now, and now it's full of Prince died. And and that's 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 where our country is going, my friend. That's where our country going.
1: So I take ignore it you're... ignore
3: ignore those two hundred and fifty Syrians, man, because we don't want to talk about them. Let's talk about Prince.
1: Right. No. No. I get what you're saying. Any given day, the headlines do insinuate what we're all about. And on you know, and some days, as you're suggesting correctly, some days you look at the headlines and you look at the. The the priority given to certain stories and what's up there and what's not. And uh, look, you know, I think Prince was tremendously talented. You know, he was a pop star. And when you listen to the BBC, as I do at night, I listen to two or three of the most brilliantly produced, most informative, most entertaining features about the history of the world and of England's role in it. And of the Queen's role in England since she took over 64 years ago as Queen. They have sound from her visiting Australia and New Zealand when she was 24 years old. And it's like, this is the Australian broadcast system. We give you Her Majesty, you know, the Queen. I mean, all this really old fashioned radio stuff. And it was, I was transfixed. And okay. I get, it's just, I guess you need to be older. I Maybe it's me getting old. I don't know. But the, these, these specials they had on about Queen Elizabeth and the world and how it's changed and how the Commonwealth has changed, these countries, how they've changed and how the world has changed, you know, in the 64 years she has been queen. It's just not, it's not about her. It's not about England. It's about us. It's about us as earthlings in this mix of things that has happened in 64 years and the broad range of change of metamorphosis, virtual metamorphosis of the world, Mark, in these 64 years, a time span, which is extraordinary, over which she has been the queen of England. And I listen to these things and then and, and I listen to American media and it's all party like it's 1999
3: it's i tell you it's sad and and to watch it develop over the course of even just one day but i mean of of course you know we're getting older and and years but just over the course of one day and you watch headline 250 syrians slaughtered by isis oh and by the way hey
1: it's what's more important my family cares about mark i've got a teenager Very early in teenage years that comes to me and asks me about the Syrians, the Christians, and about the Queen, not about Prince.
2: This is Jay Severin Severin. Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Prince found unresponsive in elevator. Uh, That's a headline associated press headline right now uh, from you know the flu Queen Elizabeth the world's most important living figure turns 90 the world's oldest living longest serving hereditary monarch head of the Commonwealth Queen of England Head of the United Kingdom for 64 years. That may make page, you know, 78 or so. You think? Very toss. Prince Charles could drop tomorrow and there wouldn't be a fraction of the coverage. I'm <laughs> Hi, I'm Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest. We are together the Blaze Radio Network. But, Veritas, if Prince Charles dropped tomorrow, there would not be a fraction of the coverage as there is for the uh, the man, the formerly living artist, formerly known as Prince, and known formally to that as something that looks freakishly like the insignia for the Euro, and formally known to that by some as the female Madonna. And formally to that, known by some as Prince, and formally to that, I suspect, and originally known as someone else, is now formally living. That's the obituary here. Authorities announce no suspicions as to his death, but some cynics will harbor suspicions about show business influenza, if you know what I mean. And I'm not really, I'm not, even if that's true, does that have anything to do with the guy's talent? No. Was he brilliantly talented? Yes. Was he my cup O.T.? No. But he was brilliantly talented, one of the greatest and maybe transcendent, I mean, pop stars of contemporary music history, brilliantly talented uh, uh, guy. And I'm really, if anything, I'm being a wise guy because I'm responding to the nature of the coverage I see. Because the first few hours of coverage are... uh, The Queen would not... The Queen, it's her 90th birthday today. She she might have died, and there wouldn't be this kind of coverage. Not even close! not even close and I, and again i if you were to if you were to go to bbc.com and look up a couple of the i think they are half hour specials that they have on queen elizabeth and what she has lived through and the audio they have her speaking she was 25 years old and she had just become the queen of england and I know it's hard to project ourselves into another era entirely, but if you're in Auckland, New Zealand, and really you ought to be. I mean, i and, and take me back, would you? I mean, I, I ought to be in Auckland, New Zealand at Piha Beach. You know what I found and took a picture of that hangs on my office wall? I'm looking at it right now. There you know the 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 metal dividers that go along the side of the road that are supposed to keep the car from plunging, you know, down the hills. Well the you go up, 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 up the hills as you get to the Pacific, uh outside of Auckland, and then you go down, 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 winding, winding roads where you can't go more than five miles an hour until you get to ocean level. And on one of those barrier strips there that is there to prevent your car from, uh, you know, plunging straight down into the rocks in the Pacific, there is someone spray-painted, surf hard, live hard, have good bodies, with a period at the end of each one. What made it brilliant, what makes it brilliant is that they punctuated it and punctuated it correctly surf hard, leave hard, have good bodies, period, period, period. The brilliant part is the punctuation. It is. It's three. Let me see. It's three imperative sentences, three perfect imperative sentences, two words, two words, three words, each a perfect English imperative sentence. Walk hard, surf hard, have good bodies. Uh, No, no, live hard, surf hard, live hard, have good bodies. Period, period, period. It's brilliant. Brilliant. So we all ought to be in Auckland, New Zealand. Trust me. But you're in Auckland, New Zealand. It's 64 years ago. What year is that? I can't tell you. It's a long time ago. And... Queen Elizabeth is queen, and she's addressing. It's also formally done. It's lovely, you know. And I th- think New Zealand didn't have a network yet. I think the Australians had to do it. As I recall, it was, you know, this is the Australian broadcast Network. We give you Her Majesty, the Queen of England, and then just her voice. Good evening, and you want to talk about perfect perfect received English? Perfect received English? Oh my goodness, it was a linguistic concert. But it wasn't better than surf hard, live hard, have good bodies. Period, period, period. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three Your Majesty from a grateful former colonial and your very distant cousin, as are we all really happy birthday, your Majesty. The world's longest serving hereditary monarch is ninety years old today. Queen of the United Kingdom, Queen of England, the crown sovereign of the British Commonwealth. Huzzah Huzza Uzzah. Okay. I mentioned earlier, hey, look, it's your money. If we're going to start changing the bills around, why not put, if, uh, if Harriet Tubman is going on the 20, then why not Hillary the Tub on a new $3 bill with her first ever elected president ever to be impeached husband Bill on the other side? How about that one? And maybe the rest we're not ready for because in a poll among millennials, the question was put, ought we remove from the $100 bill Benjamin Franklin and replace him with Prince? And the answer number one was Prince, like fingerprints. And the second answer was Benjamin who? So give up on that one for now. The RNC Rules Committee is meeting, but not necessarily to make rules. In fact, they're probably not going to make rules. Uh, The reports from inside the RNC say that the RNC is freaking out. An insider who talked for the record, spoke for the record, said the RNC is freaking out for almost every conceivable reason derivative of their belief that they're going to get massacred. They're trying to figure out some way to salvage something from getting snot beaten this year. They don't know what it is. I mean, we've discussed some theories here. And if I were advising them, as I used to be paid to do, I'd have some ideas. I wouldn't like some of them. You wouldn't like some of them. But at that point, my duty would be to advise my client as to, you know, what they're – What their options, if any, might be. Here's one proffered by my hero, my dear friend, and one of my true mentors, Pat Buchanan. And, proud to say, former client, Pat Buchanan. And this is what Pat said today. Were I, Paul Ryan, or anybody else connected with the Republican Party in an official capacity... I would remember 1964, and I know it's like 64 years ago to a lot of us. You know, 1964 might as well be 64 years ago. But Pat Buchanan remembers, and he says 1964 was when Barry Goldwater won the nomination for the Republican Party, even though almost nobody except the delegates who voted for him was for him. And everyone else, all the big wigs like George Romney, father of, and everybody ran away from this guy who was the Republican nominee except Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan, both of whom within 15 years would become president of the United States because they stood up for the party nominee. They said, I'm going to work for and support the nominee of my party. Even though I know, you know, and you know I know that we can't win, I'm going to stand up for my party.
2: J. Severin
1: on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Jay Severin Show on the Blaze
1: Radio Network. Of which show, if you miss any and you wish the very best of us, the best of Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network, please do seek out the podcast. It's there for you all the time, so you can listen whenever you wish. Go to soundcloud.com. There are several locations. The easiest I could tell you is soundcloud.com the podcast for the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm I'm in love with the notion that you might seek out the show at uh, other additional and optional times or help other people to do the same. There was just a report on Fox News by Brett Baer that one of the words out of the RNC convention is that, I'm sorry, sorry, the RNC meeting, in Florida is that there is a popular school of thought circulating among the delegates and bigwigs and you know, the people who are there many people who are there are delegates by the way uh, and that is Trump has been Trump has been campaigning for the last month and continues to by naming us, shaming us, particularly we Republicans, we Republican officials who run the party, who give our life and our blood to the party. And we're not taking a joke easily. He's saying that we're crooked, corrupt, fixed criminals, that system is rotten, we're corrupt. And so Brett Baer says a lot of the attitude he's heard from RNC officials is the hell with him, the hell with Donald Trump. If we're so rotten and awful and corrupt and crooked, let him raise his own money. Let him stage his own rallies. And I'll tell you these people, all people, but these people in politics can be very, very protective and frankly, very vindictive and, they know how to send a message. And when Trump shows up for a rally and all of the media, I'm just going to give this, I, this, I'm not getting this from anywhere. I'm making this up entirely. Okay. It's also 100% plausible from maybe the only guy who can tell you who's seen it happen. Trump lets the national media know that, you know, he, his biggest rally in Indiana. And I'll tell you about Indiana in a moment. If you don't know, it's really the, it's going to be the linchpin to the rest of this campaign. That's it. I know super Tuesday. How many super Tuesdays can there be? Indiana is going to be the linchpin to this campaign. If Cruz does not do very well, Ted Cruz is not going to do very well. If Donald Trump does very well, Donald Trump is going to do very well. If Donald Trump does not do very well, he ain't getting 1237 before the convention. And that means everything is up in the air. The linchpin is Indiana. The linchpin is Indiana. There is no linchpin this coming Tuesday. Ted is going to get his the snot beaten out of him probably in all five states, with the possible exception of Pennsylvania coming up this week it's going to be nothing but misery because all of the media between now and tuesday is ted's going to get the snot beaten out of him and then tuesday it's going to be ted expects snot beaten out of him tonight and then tuesday night's going to be snot beaten out of ted cruz then wednesday's going to be how does snotless ted feel and thursday and friday and the weekend are going to be how does ted feel without snot It all having been beaten out of him by Trump. And the next time that Ted can win and start to turn around the narrative. And look, you knew this was going to happen. You knew because we're here together. And you knew that by virtue of that, that New York was going to change everything. Well, or as we said, it may not change everything but it's going to change everybody's focus, and you know it has. There is now an indisputable frontrunner in both parties. I'm not saying I like it. I hope it's clear. I don't like it. But what I like and what is true is different, as we have together painfully learned on a number of occasions. It's not even arguable, is it? That there are two front runners right now. That's what New York changed. Indiana is the linchpin to this election. Indiana will put Ted Cruz back in this, not because Ted will get so many delegates. Ted may not even win Indiana. I mean, heck, Ted Ted might be snotless, as Afford said. But he just has to reduce the the arithmetic, he has to tinker with the maths, for Trump. He has to deprive the media of the story. Trump on his way, or and you know you'll see this one. Trump cruising to twelve thirty seven. He must, Ted must stop the media. He must deny the media the opportunity to write the story, to write the headline, Trump cruising to 1237. He has to fix the math. He has to change the calculus. Otherwise, Trump's going to end up with 1237 because he can still do it. And if Indiana implodes on Ted Cruz, that could very easily be what's going to happen. And so far today, what we've got, Is we've got Trump still saying the party is crooked and all that. But you know, this story I was telling you about Indiana that I'm making up? So, Trump does his big Indiana rally. Everybody is supposed to be there, all these people are supposed to be there. You know what happens? A few key people don't show up, a few unions make sure the wiring doesn't work. It's a disaster. The local Republicans in Indiana can make this happen. And you know what? They have, and they will.
2: Jay Severin, The Blaze Radio Network.
1: on the blaze radio network best and brightest i don't like admitting though i'm not unaccustomed to the sensation you know i mean there are many things i cannot do well there are a few things i do exceptionally well i'd like to think you're listening to one of them but there are many things i do not do well i am an ignoramus supreme on a number of things And I see today that the number one story in our universe is is, uh, Prince. And I don't mean Prince Charles. And I can't give you anything. I mean, everything I've given you on Prince, which is really a reaction to the reaction, is all I can give you. I know his music. I'm a musician. I know his music. I know his music note for note. No one has answered my earlier question. And I phrased it in a way meant to, you know, deceive. I said, "Oh, yeah, okay, great, Prince. Tell me how many albums he's done in the last 10 years. Do you know how many albums Prince has done, complete albums Prince has done in the last two years? Four. Are you kidding me? Prince produced, wrote, delivered four albums in the last two years? Yes, he did. So I'm not diminishing, I'm not dismissing his talent. He was a pop genius. I don't mean to degrade by the word pop. Elton John is a pop genius. And that nevertheless does mean genius. When I say was you know I mean is, but in any case uh, so I just can't give you anything i can't I don't have it to give you i don't i mean i I don't have anything to give you about Prince, I was not a particular fan, and therefore i don't you know I can't give you it's it's not like it's somebody I really really know it's not like it's somebody. Well, I said to Brit a little while ago, someday, and I don't want to jinx this. Britt's always warned me about this. Uh, someday, Eric Clapton is going to pass away. And I almost want to say, the only reason I don't say this is out of respect to my family and providing for them. I almost hope that I pre-decease him because I won't be able to take it when Eric Clapton passes away. Eric Clapton is the greatest musical influence on my life. And um, in my estimation, the greatest guitar player who ever lived. Though the argument that Johnny Winter is the best blues guitar player who ever lived and that Jimi Hendrix may be a better, slightly stronger argument are not without merit. But overall, for the mastery, the complete brilliance and totality of mastery over the instrument and the palette of genres, Eric Clapton is the best guitar player who ever lived. And I speak with opinion, but also with some knowledge. And someday he's going to pass away. And you see... When I see these other people pass away and they're near my age, it's, it's true. My dad said to me once, on no particular occasion, we were sitting in our living room and my dad was reading the paper and he folded his paper and looked at me and kind of hesitated for a moment and looked a little pensive. And, you know, I was about to say, yeah, dad, you know, and he said to me, James, because when he was being serious, I was James. James, when you start to read the newspaper and you expect to see your peers passing, life takes on a different kind of perspective. And this is, I know, only related distantly, not distantly, but tangentially to this. But someday the person... Because there are people all over the world today who are shattered by the passing of Prince because he represented something to them far more than his musicality, his talent, anything else. He represented that, but he represented much, much more, many more additional dimensions of greatness and personal meaning informed your relationship with Prince if you are shattered by his passing. I guess what I'm trying to say is if Fox News is going wall-to-wall, you know, and so is pretty much CNN, if if they're going wall-to-wall with Prince, I can't. I don't have anything to say about him other than what I've said. I'm really reacting to the reaction more than anything else. And I I admit to you that shortcoming. He is not that kind of figure to me. When someday Eric Clapton passes, and again, I I don't pick Clapton out of a hat. It's the one I, when I'm being morbid, it's the one I think about because that's the one that has always meant the most to me, has always meant not just because he's a peer, more or less. I don't know how old he is. I don't like Google these things, but what I know is he you know the things that they sprayed around London, Clapton is God, well, Clapton was God, Clapton is God, guitar speaking and and rock speaking and you know, come back, come back when Eric passes. I don't know that I'll be able to do a show, but the next show I'm able to do, if I'm still here. Uh, I'll be able to give you my heart and soul. I can't give you my heart and soul with Prince because I recognize like Greek food that a lot of people really like it, but I don't care for it. And I don't doubt that you could fork a couple of things into my face that are Greek cuisine that I would say, Wow, man, that is scrumptious. But doesn't mean I like Greek food. And there are a couple of songs of Prince's that I know and understand and can appreciate. But I can't give you what, I can't give you what uh, Shap Smith on Fox is giving you on Prince. I just didn't know. I just didn't know. Well, that's, that's all I have to say. Back to what I do know. Donald Trump is threatening today again. Not only is the entire party crooked, corrupt, criminal, everything else, but he's going to run third party. Now, interestingly, today, Carl Rove appeared this morning on Fox before the most important story in the world occurred. Uh, that is the faux royalty story. And Carl Rove pointed out, and, and he's a guy with whom I don't necessarily agree, believe me, but whose judgment is absolutely brilliant. Uh, and, he, you know, he's he's absolutely brilliant. And Rove said, look, this is an empty threat by Trump. Because, and and look, uh, if I may, we talked about this about two months ago. Someone said, well, watch out for Trump. He's going to go third party. And I said, do you know the number of filings and other things he's going to miss if he waits? Because right now, all those deadlines are closing. Bang, 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 all across the country. Not only delegates. If he thinks he's being... If he thinks he's being skunked with delegates, you know, these things about getting on the ballot, you know, man, these rules are so arcane. Do you know how many lawyers, how many brilliant lawyers disagree on the same rule written down on a piece of paper? Well, Karl Rove said today on Fox News, this is an empty threat because by the time the Republican convention occurs, more than 25 percent. Of all the states and delegates and the votes, the Electoral College, all of that will be closed out. You can't even get on the ballot. You can't even talk to a delegate. And as I say, no offense to Carl, my esteem and admiration for whom, uh, based on his record, not based on who he favors now necessarily, but... You know, he he knows what he's talking about. Generally speaking, more than ninety nine point nine percent of humans involved in politics, and he is truly a fellow guru. And he's right. It's just a mathematical fact. By the way, this is not his opinion. This is this is not even where he's at his strongest. This is just an observation of opinion. You know, almost thirty percent of the states are going to be closed down to anybody who harbors any such ambition to run third party or independent or anything. By the time the Republican convention rolls around, it's too late. You're done. You're closed out. No more tickets, no more seats. You know how I remember that? When I was a kid, there was a uh, 10 hour cartoon extravaganza at a movie theater near where we lived. And I went with my best friend and we were so young. We had to be taken by my mother. And I remember we went, and when we arrived, there was like a row, a line, four abreast for about two blocks. And I looked at it, and it was one of the first times I ever realized in my life, I'm not going to have what I want. Because I looked at this, and I said, I don't think all these people can fit into this box. You know I don't, somehow, somehow, it just doesn't look right. This doesn't feel right, Mom. And a guy came down in a usher's uniform. This is probably the worst I ever dated myself in my life. And I don't mean my social habits on new year's Eve. I mean, dated myself as in when I was a child going to the movies, movie ushers wore uniforms. They had unis and he looks like uh 19th century Austrian cavalry generals pretty much. <laughs> and they, uh, This guy walked up the sidewalk, uh, Gustav von Beren with a flashlight, waving it, saying, no more tickets, no more seats, no more tickets, no more seats. And I understood English okay at the time, but I looked at my mother as only a child can look at a mother at age six. And, you know, and the look was the same look as when I turned around and looked at her during the Wizard of Oz, when the tornadoes happened. And I looked at her and she said to me, don't worry, don't worry, we don't have those here. We're not going to have a tornado here. Don't worry, don't worry, we're not going to have one. And that was as far as I was concerned, that was like Einstein telling me, that was it. Issue ended. Well, when they said no more tickets, no more seats, I looked at my mother with the same look. Tell me this doesn't mean what I think it means. This is Jay
2: Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: On the Blaze Radio Network, wherein I had to admit to some shortcomings today on what uh, the American media is regarding as the story of the day, which is Prince and not Prince Charles. So I'm, if it were Prince Charles, you'd have your man. But uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's Prince, formerly known as the freakishly similar-looking symbol of the Euro insignia. Uh, formerly known as that little tiny skinny kid that uh, was the new Elton John. So I just, you know, even if it were Elton John, I think you might have your man. But hey, listen, would anybody conversant with this stuff do me a favor? I have not been able to listen to, because I have not been able to get to the Genius Bar. I mean, you would think it's right here, wouldn't you? But I have not been able to get to the formal Genius Bar at uh, Apple, and they need to do something, tweak my uh, laptop so I can get YouTube. Something's wrong, something's down or out or fizzled. I need, if you would think of it, send me an MP3 version of Eric Clapton performed at a live Stevie Ray Vaughan tribute. And it's up there. If you type in uh, Eric Clapton, Never Gave Up On Love. I'm pretty sure that's the name of the song. Never Gave Up On Love. Never Gave Up On Love. And so if you, if you Googled in you know, YouTube, Eric Clapton, live tribute to Stevie Ray Vaughan, Never Gave Up On Love. It, it is, and the bonus I would have, and it would mean more to me than actually receiving it and being able to listen to it again and watch it, which I haven't in almost a year. What would be more rewarding to me is that you could watch it because this is if I had to show one song to support my argument about Eric Clapton, if I had to explain to one person with one song what the blues are, what 12-bar blues are, this is not only mellifluous in its sound, but it was shot so well that you could actually see it being played articulately. So could someone send me Eric Clapton's Never Gave Up On Love, live tribute to Stevie Ray Vaughan, and tomorrow other political news of importance.
2: The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.